Today's episode is brought to you by Slate House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. Hey everybody, it's Jeremy with Slay House Publishing Presents Lit Bits, and with me as always is Trevor. Hey Trevor. Hey, what's up? We have a special kind of short episode today where we wanted to just put something out there for you guys. We're talking about some books that we've read this year that have inspired us. Yeah, some some just some stuff that we've kind of encountered um, that we want to share. It's spooky season. It's spooky season, but I think I, some of these might surprise them. I, you know what? Maybe they will. Um, I, I kind of feel like spooky season is always like September. Yeah. Um, I just, I like that's when I start my spooky season, and I don't end until like end of November. Yep. Let's be real. I probably don't end ever, but uh, end of November I think is the end of spooky season, season, and then we get into Christmas spooky season, which is yep. a very special kind of treat. I did tell you there's going to be, by the way, a Thanksgiving three. Oh, f- <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta open this fucking door and scream at someone. No. Yeah. I th- wasn't there, wasn't it already Thanksgiving 3? I think there's a third Thanksgiving. Fuck. I, I can't watch another one. <laughs> I can't do it. So is this going to be Thanksgiving 4 then? I'm going to quit. <laughs> I quit the show right now in advance. It's not even out yet. Oh, thank you, thanks, killing you. Oh you gosh, destroyed you ruined my, Slay House. Ruined my life. This is. We're not talking about things killing though. This is spooky season. This time. is spooky season. We're talking about books. I don't know. I just remind. I just remember that. So I thought I'd, I'd tell you. You ruined my whole day. So how do? So do you want to go first, or do you want to like you do a book and I do a book? You know what or? you do? Because I gotta find my list. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All righty then. All right. So I have loved vampire fiction. This is the one I'm going to start with. I have loved vampire fiction since I was a kid and I read Dracula for the first time. I've read it umpteen times, countless times now. I don't know how many times I've read Dracula. Um, I watched Salem's Lot. I've read Salem's Lot by Stephen King countless times. Love that book. I I actually did part of my um, graduate critical thesis on, on Salem's Lot. I actually did a comparative look at Salem's Lot um, the case of Charles Dexter Ward by H.P. Lovecraft right. uh-huh. and Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. Oh, it, was it? I thought it was Edgar Allan Poe for some reason. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, so I have loved, but then you know you get books, and I'm sorry, this is these are the people we're going to piss off today. Then you get books like Twilight, and these are not vampire books. These are like, these are like, <laughs> I mean, they're vampire books. I mean. I- I share I mean, your disdain for Twilight for different reasons <laughs> because uh, not because I don't believe in sexy vampires. I'm all for a sexy vampire. I, I think my issue is just like I, I just I just don't I just those relationships are so abusive and yeah. they're, but they're painted as being like super great and awesome. Yeah, and I, I I just fucking hate that. Yeah, yeah, me too. So when I look for a vampire book, I'm looking for something in the vein of Salem's Lot or Dracula. Um, which Dracula? I mean, if you listen to our our series, Dracula's it does great. have a lot Dracula's of a, a lot of sex. In, uh, it's very it's sexy, sexy, very sexy. Dracula's but again, a sexy it's also vampire. it's knowingly very predatory oh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like it it's shows great. the relationships for what He's they a are. Scary, sexy man. Yeah. So when I found this particular book, um, I read it, and it was everything I had hoped for. It was like 
experiencing fright night from the 80s i just realized what book you're talking about all over I, again i think i agree i man and if you and i'm not talking about the colin farrell fucking fright night that was that was a that was a that sucked um i'm talking about the the <laughs> gatekeeper of the <laughs> vampires over here <laughs> i'm talking about the good one with uh, roddy mcdowell yeah. and the guy that did i ever tell you my uncle went to yeah, you did. My uncle went to kindergarten with the guy. Them. I haven't told them. Yeah, my uncle went to kindergarten with the the main character, the the guy that played the main character in the original Fright Night movie. Um, shit, and now his name escapes me. Fuck, and I don't have my phone on me. So, I, oh, William Ragsdale. See, I just have to develop a little bit of Tourette's, and then the names just pop back into my head. Um, <laughs> and Chris uh, Chris Sarandon plays the vampire, Chris plays Sarandon, the yeah. the sexy vampire. He's great. Oh man, that He's movie! So good. I I want to go home and watch that movie again. You know what? Watch that for for your spooky season. Definitely, for sure. absolutely watch that. So when I read this book, this is what it conjured in me. Was uh, this book was like this brought back that vampire to me? And what we're talking about, or what I'm talking about, is Grady Hendrix's Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. I don't think you can go wrong with anything by Grady Hendrix. I absolutely agree. This this, this guy's so good at horror, and, and what makes him so good is because he. He just has such an encyclopedic knowledge. He understands the tropes of these kinds of vampire stories. Absolutely. And does. he knows how to turn them on their ear. Absolutely. But he does. also creates some very powerful characters. So these aren't like one dimensional beings or two dimensional right. beings like encountering. His like, characters are great. They they There's, have real There is pathos. a shocking amount of nuance to what he is doing with all of the books that he writes. And I think you're right about this call. This this book like, all right, and, and and this is the the formulaic kind of beat for, like, a vampire story. Um, a vampire moves into a neighborhood. Uh, one person notices it. Everyone thinks they're crazy, even as people are dying all around them. And then they finally convince a few people that they're right, and they go after them. The the person who finds the vampire at the beginning of the, mo- at the, beginning of the book, <laughs> movie, um, doesn't really convince people until almost like the last like like and even the people she convinces aren't really sure like they're not fully convinced until like the last like 50 pages of the book it's like it's it's fantastic the way it's like i mean would you really believe even with all evidence you know directly putting it in your face that there is a vampire living next door to you and realistically would you believe it Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And this is what happens, and that's what he does with I the mean, tropes I, in I this book. I would probably make some jokes about, like, oh, well, the guy well, the yeah. guy next door is a, a vampire. There was, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is kind of, I don't want to out myself for anything. But, <laughs> um, I, I have a, a neighbor. Uh, she's a cop. And, and every time I pass by, I'm like, uh, there's our lesbian cop neighbor. <laughs> and and I, I didn't mean it, it, like, in a derogatory sense. It, it was just like I just I just knew. Yeah, I just you know you, sometimes you just know, and uh, and Caitlin was always like you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'm like, mm, but am I? And then uh, no, she yeah, she's married, yeah. <laughs> married to married to a woman. Uh, I was right. So I, I would absolutely, I'd see the vampire guy, and I'd be like, like here's the evidence, and I'd be like, mm, there's our vampire neighbor. Yeah. And Caitlin would be like, uh, no, he's yeah. not a vampire, but isn't he though? And and I would make those jokes until uh, yeah, no, I was right all along. So, did you find your list? I found my list. Awesome. You want to give us a book? Yeah, I'll give you a book. So, the first book on my he list. You said that very angrily. I'm going to give you a book. <laughs> I'll give you a God book. God damn it. You want a book? I'll get you a book. Feed you to your vampire neighbor. <coughs> 
Uh, Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. Um, mm, I can't wait to read that one. Uh, released, uh, released in 2021. It's more of a novella than uh, like a full novel. This is a book that um, actually has changed my life. Cool. Uh, and I, I have said this to, to V. Castro. It is about um, <laughs> a young woman who becomes possessed by uh, an Aztec goddess. Awesome. And whereas you think that it's a normal possession... It's it's very much not. <laughs> and I think that what is wonderful about it is that uh, Castro really tries to discover, I think, um, it, like what what uh, a possession can really mean for a person. Cool. And I think um, more than anything, it is a story not just about possession, but about self-possession. Hmm. And uh, I, I just I I cannot express my love for this book. Um, anymore than than I, I already have in some cases. Um, this and when I say this book really changed my life, I, I genuinely mean that. Um, <laughs> a, as soon as I read it, 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 there was so much that was resonant with me about the the relationship that I have to my partner, my spouse, um, and I immediately shared it with her because I knew the kinds of experiences that she has had through her whole life trying to understand her agency and trying to understand herself. And uh, and the, the book just served as a, a kind of perfect catalyst to open the door to really conversing about the way that she felt about herself, about the way that she felt about um, our marriage and our, our relationship, and, and really the, the sense of agency that she could recover you know, kind of through um, exploring herself and exploring the things that other people, you know, have pointed out so often as being like, quote unquote, wrong. Uh, this is a gorgeous book. It's absolutely beautiful. And I encourage everyone to read it. This is perfect for your spooky season. And I think it's just incredible literature overall. I am going to have to check that out. I definitely it's, want to check phenomenal. that out. It, it really is. She was at StokerCon, too, wasn't she? She was. I yep. got to talk to her. Um, it, 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 it was just like, I mean, really, this book is life-changing for me. Cool. And and um, that is something that I, it, no one can ever take away from me. Absolutely. Yeah. Phenomenal book. Read it. Goddess Read of it. Filth. Um, I, I definitely, I'm going to check that out. I definitely am. Uh, for me, um, and one that I also shared with my wife, um, my spouse, my partner, my wonderful wonderful woman who has allowed me to pursue <laughs> she is great <laughs> she has allowed me to pursue this this journey and this is not an easy thing to tackle but uh <clears throat> sundial by katriana ward oh, man. um <laughs> so this good. book has so many twists and turns and and it's not it, it's spooky it's definitely spooky it's not supernatural fiction supernatural horror but it is literary horror it's very dark um Man, so many secrets, so many ways, the way she unpacks everything. It's just, it's beautiful. Read Katrina Ward's Sundial. Yeah, I, I will second that. Um, I, I, was, I received an arc <coughs> for Little Eve, uh, which is coming out in November. Mm-hmm. Um, is it November? It may be actually October. No, I, it, it is. It's October. I'm wrong. Mm. Um, but I, I read. Even better. Yeah, I read an arc of, of Little Eve. Uh, oh my gosh! If you love gothic fiction, if you love gothic horror, f- 
would just fucking pick up this book. <laughs> it's so good. And is that and, also Catrana Ward? Yes. Okay. She, yeah. Uh, yes. She's phenomenal. She is. Uh, uh, like great choice. Yep. Awesome choice. Um, my second choice is Clown in a Cornfield Ooh. by Adam Caesar. Okay. Um, holy cow! This book is great. It, it here's the thing: if you go looking for it in your your local bookstores horror section, you're probably not going to find it because it, it's lumped in with like YA horror. Hmm. But this book isn't necessary. I think this book is is appropriate for all audiences. Okay. It is absolutely bonkers. It is about. <laughs> it's not about. I mean, it is about a clown in a cornfield. I went in thinking it was going to be more Pennywise than like like teen slasher. No, it's hardcore teen slasher. Um, it 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 really kind of talks about the generational divide. I think between boomers and zoomers, and I think it's brilliant. Um, it's got all of the gore and and crazy violence that you want out of a, a slasher, but it, it's real hip to the current political moment, and I think it's just a slam dunk of a book. I'm halfway through the sequel right now. Oh wow! And uh, and even the sequel is just like <laughs> like Adam just gets he understands the assignment. So if you are looking for spooky cornfields for this spooky season, grab these two books. You are not going to be disappointed. They are phenomenally good. Awesome, awesome. Definitely have to check those out. Um, and I'm not one who generally likes. YA. I, I know you're not, uh, so, but I'm telling you, yeah. it's not a Y. I mean, okay. it, it's YA in, in that it, its target audience is definitely like Zoomer kids. But I'm telling you right now, if you are an auteur, like a connoisseur of horror, this is the guy to go to. <laughs> it is so good. And, and it delivers on every level of the teen slasher that you could want. This is absolutely the Friday the 13th. Of books, <laughs> this is one hundred percent just the the slasher of your dreams. You've been waiting for this book. So for the past ten years, I have sat back and watched all these articles online, like Reddit posts and like BuzzFeed stuff that talks about boomers versus millennials and boomers versus, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and now it's boomers versus zoomers. And I'm like, I'm Gen Z. We're still fucking here. <laughs> you're you're like, Gen X, you mean. Oh, so, Gen X. Yeah. yeah, I'm Gen X. I'm not Gen <laughs> Z. Oh, fuck no. I'm Gen X. We're still fucking here. <laughs> like, like, but nobody cares. Like, that's, we were the latchkey kids. We were the kids, like, nobody cared about back then, and they still don't. Right, we're right. just sitting back there sipping on our, our whatever, like, He's yeah. still just chilling. Yeah, just, just, just chilling. <laughs> um, Louisiana. Louisiana. Sorry, that was from my Louisiana. That was from my my few years or my year or so that I did spend living in Louisiana. <laughs> that I call Louisiana. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, by Erna Erna Broadbear. I'm going to finally butcher her name. She is a Jamaican writer, sociologist, and social activist. Um, and this is about anthropologist Ella Townsend researches Louisiana folk life and discovers voodoo and the connection between the living and the dead. Awesome. Awesome it is stuff. very much it, it is definitely a literary novel, um, yeah. even though there are some kind of hints at supernatural in it. What's sure. beautiful about this, though, is just the the perspective she takes throughout the book and just the the prose that she mm. brings into this novel. It is so it's not very long. You could probably read it in a, a weekend. Yeah, um, but it's beautiful and it's worth it. And it's it explores such a facet of 
of Cajun life and Louisiana and Creole life. Mm. It's 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 just a wonderful, beautiful book to read. I'm going to I'm going to suggest a mood read uh, okay. just to pair with that, because I I have not read that book, but it sounds great. Um, my my mood read is uh, Root Work by Tracy Cross. OK, that's coming out in November. That is November. I'm actually right about this. And we get into publishing and we get lots of art. I know. I, yeah, we do. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. I love being I feel I feel like part of the club. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's Tracy Cross. Again, you, you want to talk about like understands the assignment. Yeah. Oh, she's so great. Um, I, one of the things I really loved is just the use of of dialect in this book. Um, it's it's so authentic sounding and yep. uh, it's great. So mood read, absolutely work with uh, Tracy Cross. Awesome. So my next pick though, yeah, uh, is What Moves the Dead by ah. T. Kingfisher. This came out just recently. I have not read this one yet. It Again, was included in um, Nightworms in the the Nightworms uh, book for for August. Um, and uh, I, I had actually picked it up before because I'm a, a super nerd for, for Nightfire. I just think Nightfire is so cool as a publisher. We're coming for you, Nightfire. Slayhouse is coming for you. We're trying real hard. We're coming at you. Uh, but What Moves the Dead <laughs> is is phenomenal. It is, again, it's pretty short. It's a novella. You can read it in a sitting if you want. It is kind of a modern retake of... Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got some queer representation in it, which I think is super great. It's also just like there were a couple of points when I was reading this book when I actually had to close the book and walk away from it <laughs> because I was just like, nope, not ready for this right now. Uh, she delivers, delivers on the horror awesome. premises. And, and this is one of those like, Here's a remake of a classic. How dare you remake the classic? But I'm like, actually, I think this is a remake that may be a little bit better than the original. <laughs> it's so good. So that's What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Cool. Um, I'm going to jump back. This is one I, I looked at when we thought we were going to do an episode on this author. And we still might do an episode at some point on this author, but we just had to push it back a little bit. But I, I had revisited earlier this year, Magic for Beginners by Kelly Link. Yes. Kelly yeah. Link. And, and so we've talked about a lot of short novels and novellas. This is more of a collection of short stories. That's basically yeah. all Kelly Link has done is yeah. short story collections. Um, she blends science fiction or she blends fantasy, horror, humor, pathos, fairy tales, cautionary tales, and weaves them into this weird, like, like strangely it's so much its own uh, stuff. Yes. Yeah. So it is as much horror as it is dark fantasy and, and just, and there's some comedy in there and it's, it's, it's wonderful, wonderful collection. Yeah. And if you're not someone who has the time to tackle like a really long kind of read, grab yeah. a collection of Do short stories. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A great pick. Um, a really interesting I think all pick. of my picks were women this time. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, I I definitely praise the women. They've done well. I definitely they are uh, doing well. Am not that uh, progressive uh, that they're all women, but uh, but I think they all actually. I think that. Oh wait, no, I did Grady Hendrix. Hendrix. So that's oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Chastise you. Damn it, man! I rebuke you. I rebuke myself. I rebuke. Oh wait, no, that's another episode. Sorry, <laughs> different, folks. Different episode. Different episode. Different episode. <laughs> uh, my next pick is "The Devil Takes You Home" by Gabino Iglesias. Oh yeah. Can we talk about how much this book fucked me up? <laughs> no, seriously, I, this this book is phenomenal. It is uh, what he calls a barrio noir. 
Mm. And um, that's kind of the perfect way to, to phrase it. it. It is a noir story. It's got all the noir beats, and yet he adds this um, kind of like uh, uh, Latin American like spin to it. So it's got a lot of like weird mysticism <laughs> in it, and it's got some some um, like like just. If you're a Texan, you know, like it's got a lot of references to like Texas. Spent and, a lot of and, years in Texas. Can't yeah, wait the, to read and this. And kind of the, the Hispanic uh, population of Texas. Um, it's, I think actually he's from the same part of Texas I was I was living that, in. You know what? That very may, so. may very well be. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he also does this stuff with his prose, which I think is is absolutely brilliant, where he slips from English into Spanish because mm. his his uh, characters are either Mexican or Mexican Mexican American. There's like a couple of white dudes, you know, kind of mixed in there, but they don't they don't speak Spanish. And so what's what's beautiful is his character, his main character, who is uh, I think he's actually Puerto Rican. Um, but but he he was raised in America, and so he'll slip in and out of Spanish through the prose, and it is beautiful. I can tell you right now, as as someone who is actually bilingual, the prose when when he slips from English into Spanish is gorgeous. Yeah, and his Spanish prose is gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. And what's awesome is that. If it's something really, really important to the plot, he will provide you a kind of like internal um, uh, interpretation, right, or, or tra- translation mm-hmm. of like specific lines from the Spanish back into English, so that you can really get it. Um, but I- I'm telling you right now, this this book is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And even if you are someone who is not bilingual like me, you're still going to enjoy the hell out of this book. And I think there's a sense of authenticity lent to it because it is working in both English and Spanish. So the characters feel like very genuine throughout the story. Um, And it is a noir story through and through. You know I am a huge fan of noir. Mm -hmm. um, And man, he just delivers. (laughs) This book is incredible. Probably a top 10 book of the year. Maybe even a... uh, top five book of the year for me wow incredibly good devil takes you home i i need to i definitely have to have i've i've got that on my shelf i've got to read it it looks amazing so good having grown up so my spanish is rusty i have i'm out of practice with it i haven't used i mean i did four semesters of spanish and 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 college i did uh, of course i grew up in south texas where everyone is speaking either spanish or you know this kind of blend of spanish and english yeah um so I know exactly what you're talking about when people would slip into, yeah. you know, they, you know, back then we called it, I don't know if this is appropriate, but back then we called it Spanglish. No, I mean, I Spanglish, yeah. And it was, it was beautiful the way it slips in and out. And I used to, Trevor will not believe me on this, I bet, but I used to be able to do that. Like when I was closer sure, to that yeah. background, um, again, I'm so far out of practice and out of use with it. It's like, it's almost, it's, it's like I've lost it. Yeah. Uh, but I can't oh, wait to read that. That would probably remind me of being at home. Uh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <clears throat> my last book, I think Trevor and I, we both read this. We, my, this is another one I had to have my wife read because it was so beautiful. Um, we both talked about putting this on our list. And hell, man, if you if you also have this on your as your fifth one, then that's great. Um, Laurel Hightower's Crossroads. Yeah, we, we actually debated about who was going to put this on their list. I think because I'm so far behind on reading, Trevor gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 19 books behind my, my reading challenge for Goodreads. 
because um, I'm, you know, doing stupid I mean, stuff you know, like I, running a publishing yeah, house. Like, and, who you know, does that? Yeah, who you know, runs a whole publishing I house? I mean, not not to mention I actually read probably that many books and uh, stuff. No, yeah, like, you're absolutely <laughs> from the queries and stuff. Yeah, from the queries. Year. Yeah, uh, Jesus. So, but yeah, so um, yeah, Crossroad. Man, this fucking book. This it's, book. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I, man. this is another one that I had to put down several times and walk away because it was like fucking don't don't do it. The don't body do horror. This. Don't and it's, do this to me, Laurel. But you got the you got the pathos then of her. Oh, this so you can feel this woman's grief it's just so, bleeding off the, the page. The, the characters. There's again. We talk a lot about like authenticity of voice, but the authenticity of this character. I felt what she felt mm-hmm. in the moments of these these kind of emotional crises, crises. That she, crises, yeah, that, 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 that she has. Crisis, crisis, <laughs> crossroads, crossroads by Laurel Hightower. Check uh, it out. It's, and it's a short one. It's another really quick. It's read. another novella. Um, about beautiful. Just, just about a woman and her grief. Oh, yep. it's so fucking good. Yep. Yeah. In the ending, I mean, man, that's right out of like a fucking Twilight Zone Tales from the Crypt kind of. Oh, totally. Fucking just, it, man. It, 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 it leaves me heartbroken every time. It is, yeah. It's a powerful yeah. book. So if you're looking for a happy ending, this may my, not be the one for you, but it's, fuck it. My fuck fun, it anyway. Read it. My fun Laurel Hightower story is that when we met her in uh, <laughs> in at StokerCon, uh, just, but I, I spotted her and I was like, you're Laurel Hightower. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> It was, I, it was as creepy as possible. So look for a book that she's written, inspired by that meeting with Trevor, <laughs> where she is hunted by a stalker. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, uh, no, it's great. And then, and then when, it, when she signed to my Trevor, book, leave what, me what's, alone. What's also that's hilarious the... is when she came to sign my book, she signed it to Jeremy. Yeah, and that's had right. to cross it out and, like, and, and fix it. She's like, oh, shit. Uh, it was delightful. She was she was so fun to talk to, and this book is uh, just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to have her on the show sometime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hear that? If, Laurel, if, you, if gotta, you're listening, Laurel, any of you, any of you, we want you on the show. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So my last choice is uh, "Waif" by uh, Samantha Kolyesnik. Mm. Um, she was uh, gracious enough to to send me uh, a, a review copy of her audiobook of this book. Oh wow. Um. And the audiobook is, let me tell you, it is a superb experience. Her her narrator, um, I forget her narrator's name, but, but she really goes just all out to try to give each of the characters a really different voice. And she narrates it in a, a way that I feel is just really um, emotionally entangling. And uh, so, I mean, it's just a phenomenal listening experience if you want to listen to it. Uh, but the story itself is is just a per- it's a perfect grindhouse novel, man. Mm, it's awesome. it's seedy and it's grimy and it's full of just these like questions about sexuality and and questions <laughs> about relationships and questions about abuse and like made me so uncomfortable. For like a whole week, I was listening to this on my drive to work, and I would drive into work, and I'd be like, "I've just, why do I keep doing this to myself? Because it, <laughs> it keeps fucking me up as I go in." And people are like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not okay." <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. Um, no, this book is so so good, uh, and and delivered so far beyond my expectations. Um, if you haven't read anything by her yet, I really encourage you to. But definitely read Waif if you're looking for that spooky season grindhouse. It delivers. 
So there you have it, folks. That's that's ten plus books because we actually like you threw yeah, in a couple. Yeah, because I threw in that, a couple bonus. Yeah, bonus so reads. that's a baker's ten, a baker's, a baker's good, dozen, a, an actual dozen. Did we I actually think? get to thirteen? I no, think it was, I think just, it was just a dozen. 12. Yeah, I think it was yeah. just a dozen. So here's your. So here's the different kind of conclusion we're going to offer up for this episode. Instead of like talking about ourselves and everything, find us on social media. Find our 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 Twitter handles, find us on Instagram, yeah. find us on, on help TikTok us. and show us your spooky yeah. reads. Help us construct the perfect spooky season of reads yep. for us. I am desperate as I close out my readings for Tales of Slay House 2022. Mm-hmm. I am desperate to get into that spooky season vibe yep and i need you to suggest your reads so find us on social media and suggest your reads and we will like and follow you and we will just interact with you and and there you have we're it. just gonna have a good time and bob's your uncle i don't know maybe or maybe not is that our new catchphrase and bob's your uncle sure <laughs>